The Tuesday show meets the Wednesday show. Welcome into episode 35 of Hometown Threads on 14 WILI, 95.3 FM and Willimantic Today Facebook. Keith C. Rice, their special guest. Man needs no introduction. John Murphy, we'll get to him in just a sec. Uh, of course, Hometown Threads comes your way every Tuesday on the radio. Brought to you by our good friends at Liberty Bank, B Community Kind, with three great local locations. West Main Street, Willimantic, down at Gateway Commons. My wife happens to be the manager there. Uh, of course, uh, uh, oh, Marianne Gargoni, got to mention her. And across the street here at the radio station, uh, 679 Main Street, Willimantic, and Route 195, Mansfield. Liberty Bank, B Community Kind, J. Matt Rupar. If you wouldn't mind, and say hello to the fine folks. Hello. <laughs> hello, Matthew. Yes. Uh, hello, John. John Murphy and Matt Rupar are no, uh, no strangers. And John's here uh, every Wednesday doing On the Home Front. So you got Hometown Threads and On the Home Front. As I said, Tuesday show meets the Wednesday show. And uh, this guy goes way back in radio in this community. And uh, we had coffee last week. And halfway through our little coffee session, I said, John Murphy, you got to be a guest on Hometown Threads. It was a nice surprise. Yeah, he's, uh, you got a lot of stories. But first, let's. how long have you been doing On the Home Front on WILI? And, of course, on the WILI YouTube channel. Uh, it's been about three years now for us, and it started as a half an hour, and then it grew to a full hour. And we've had so many stories. As you know, the stories are endless. If you open the doors, life is rich oh. with so many people doing great things, programs doing good things. And you know what? I know that media coverage is very expensive today and very hard to get. Absolutely. But people still need to get the word out. That's why these shows, I think, are a real public service. And you do such a great job with that, with oh. that show. That You said now it's uh, – when did it expand to an hour again? When, about two years ago. Okay, two years ago, mm-hmm. and you keep our uh, our producer guru uh, uh, on his toes with like sometimes you. I want to say every week you got like three guests in here, different segments. I mean, yeah, you, you right. keep that uh, show moving. Well, we have an hour a week. We do three fifteen-minute segments. Sometimes we have people on the phone who can't travel to be with us, but we have three people. At, you know, as you know, at, you know, at a time depending, and we just use email to plan ahead. So if you are with an organization, if you're doing a special event, the radio station covers you in so many ways already with Wayno in the mornings. You do. We have other great shows. But let me know here, John at humanartsmedia.com, and we'll have you on a show anytime. So from week to yeah. week, what kind of planning and what goes through your mind as far as grabbing guests? You know, you're looking at, uh, obviously, events that are coming up. And like, what makes you say, oh, that person would be a good guest for On the Home Front and that kind of thing? Well, I look for hidden stories that aren't out there yet, because so many good things are done quietly without a lot of hype and promotion, but they do good things for somebody or for a town or for a project. So maybe I'll read about it in the Chronicle, or maybe I'll see it in social media, which is a good source of leads. People are using that, and you know, too, it's a great tool. So I've just got the radar on all the time looking, and the more you look, the more you find. It's just a matter of planning ahead getting them in the studio, and then figuring out how we can use the time. And the nice part is, for me, that makes it really special. As you know as well as I do, these all end up on YouTube like our show does now. And a guest comes on and gets a link. That's their story. If you're with a club and you do a once-a-year fundraiser and you need to let people know, that's your story. Absolutely. And that's, uh, the idea. that's another reason why and, uh, our producer, J. Matt Rupert, does a great job uploading that. And the link, as you just said, John Murphy, is a great idea because you, I like on Hometown Threads, I like to get longtime business owners in here or current business owners. Right. And they got something going on. As you just said, they could take that link and send it all over the place and get the word out. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And you know, these groups are small, they don't have a lot of money. If they had money, they'd probably use it to do what they normally do. So, if, you know, for them to use media is usually expensive. Yep. 
But this way, they're a good guest. It's a good story for us. It's live radio, which we love. And then mm -hmm. Matthew helps us capture it. And then it's theirs to use. We're speaking with John Murphy here on Hometown Threads, 14 WILI, 95.3 FM, and Will Lemantic Today Facebook, brought to you by Liberty Bank, Be Community Kind. Another thing you do, along with this wonderful show on the home front, is you write a, a monthly column, correct, in Neighbors? Yep. Tell yep. us about that. Neighbors is a wonderful a monthly magazine newspaper. It comes out in 22 towns. It's all written by a collective of volunteers, including me. Tom King is the publisher. He puts it together every month, and it's a wonderful resource for all kinds of community events, organizations, you know, like I said, he offers free ways to communicate with the community, and that's how he is like a resource in that way. There are stories about education, the economy, all aspects of community living, and it's a good resource. It's, you know, you, you can have it, you can you know, kind of keep it around the house for a month, grab an article here or there, but mainly start the month out with a calendar, and you can plan a lot of events, because, you know, part of the problem is letting people know about events. And where can we pick up Neighbors again? Oh, it's for free everywhere in towns. It's also online for free in color. Just go to neighborspaper.com, right? Neighborspaper.com. And you can get every issue. They have an archive. Oh. But it's available in print everywhere in stores all around the area. All right. So now we uh, got up to date with what John Murphy's doing today. And he's, that's just some of the stuff. Now, as long as I've known this man, I want to go way back into the, the early days of John Murphy, uh -oh. because you're not from Eastern Connecticut. Where are you from, sir? Uh, born in Yonkers, New York, raised around the Bronx area with family for Yonkers. years. Yonkers, right. New York, Bronx Yonkers. bomber, Yankees. I went to school in Yonkers my first year. See, but I fell in love with the Yankees before Steinbrenner. Oh, you did? And the money kind of ruined the game, you know what I'm talking about. So were you a... Uh, not to get off the subject about... No. Uh, yeah, but let's talk a little Yankees for a second. Oh, yeah. Were you a... Well, you're a Yankee fan... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that you didn't like George as an owner. I've... Oh no, he was wonderful, but I think he brought so much money into the game so rapidly that it changed some of the dynamics to where the economics are so out of hand now. Games are less affordable. A father can't take his kids to a right. game without spending a lot of money. And to me, baseball is kids at the park on a Sunday, and Dad doesn't have to go broke. And that's why a lot of people, as a Red Sox fan or uh, fans around baseball, didn't yeah. like George because he could just go out and get anyone oh, he wanted. Yeah. And that's why a lot of people, hate to use the term, but hated the Yankees back in the day. I know, man. But I now the that. landscape has changed. Now yeah. you're seeing the Red Sox and the Yankees at the bottom of the division, <laughs> and they're not really spending. Well, they still have big payrolls, but the Red Sox are like, not to make this into no, a sports you're right, show man. or turn this into a sports show. You're right, the Red man. Sox are middle of the pack in spending, and I'm, that kind of angers me. But anyway, it's, it's just weird seeing the Red Sox and Yankees yeah. at the bottom of the uh, AL East. But, so you're from But I have Yankee to say country. something, though. I yeah. have to say, let's go match. My dad was a match fan. Oh, and if I didn't yes. say that, I'd be in big trouble. Well, the Mets, yeah, they're struggling, too. And they have yeah. a good manager. I don't know what's going on yep, there, but yep. some, some weird times in Queens, that's for but sure. But baseball and radio, that's how it started for me oh, as a hey, kid. Oh, hey, me too. Listen, you know, as a kid, well, Yankee games the on the transistor. glass of lemonade on the back patio. And yeah. Or I was late at night when I should be asleep, and it's like a West Coast game. That's what I used to do, Yankees yes. and the West Coast, you should be in bed. Of course. No, no, no. Yeah. Oh, you're, yeah, now you're talking my, yeah, okay. Um, I'm so, guilty. So you grew up a Yankee fan. How far, Yonkers in the Bronx, well, it's right next door pretty much, yeah. right? Okay, yeah. so were you, uh, you grew up in Yonkers. What brought you this way, and, and how, did, uh, how did radio enter your life? Well, actually, radio, it's, it's interesting for me because it's been a muse for me my whole life. I started as a kid listening to sports on the radio, Top 40 radio, and talk shows. And... I was fortunate that my first radio station I got involved, I was in high school. It was WRNW in Mount Kisco, New York. Mm -hmm. And I got to be the guy that would go there 
uh, and fix wires, fix headphones, do the mail. And you basically hang out at the station and not get thrown out. And you could learn like you do just by watching, right? So I'm at the station and the first Jimi Hendrix record comes in the mail. Where radio was at a very special time when that kind of music was new. What year was this? This would be 67, 68. Okay. 68, around that 67 probably. And that's when radio and music were, were very different than today. So that really infused me. I went to college. I went to Syracuse University. Oh, in college, great institution in, for radio. Oh, WAER Radio is a great sure. station. Yeah. I went to Goddard College. And what brought me out here was uh, UConn. I was able to be hired as their first full-time general manager. And what year was that? That was the fall of 1978. So how about this? He goes yeah. from Syracuse to UConn, former Big East rivals there. Well, at the time, yeah. Yeah. when John came yeah. to UConn, yeah. wait, that was... That was in the early days of the Big East, right? So Syracuse and UConn were in the Big East at that point, yeah. right? Yep. So okay, so you were the first. You were the WHUS first general, the first general manager there. Yeah. What happened is they go back to 1915. They go back to their early experimental days with faculty in the science department, before broadcasting. You know, the industry was set up, but. The station was set up, the students were running it, and around the mid-70s, they decided to become a new kind of college station that was called a community radio station, where listeners could join, sure. and they did radio shows together. So they said, well, if we're going to do that, they wanted to go 24 hours a day, because they weren't, and they needed a general manager to ride shotgun. In my early Basically, days yeah. in radio, I yeah. started here, Wayne hired me to be a board op in my teens, but I listened yeah. a lot to WHUS when oh, you were running it. Yeah. I was aware of who you were. I don't think I knew you at that point. I was yeah. in high school. Yeah. And WECS, hello to John Zatowski, if he's listening or watching. 90.1. And, and you know, I know the, the two Johns are, are buddies there. We'll get into that and what you're doing now. And I know you're connected with uh, yeah. Jay-Z. But um, so I listened to those. I found it so fascinating, John Murphy. In my, and I, I was able to do a show at ECS uh, uh, senior year of high school. It was like a summer morning show. Yeah. But again, like a, a ECS did the same thing HUS did. They welcome into the community. I, I, I yep. would tune in and go, who's coming on next? It could be yeah. a bluegrass show. It could be a rock show. It could be a talk they show. They had Spanish shows on the Spanish weekends. show. Yep. And so yeah. did you have a show as the station's general manager back in the day or what? Yes, I always had one so that I could say to the staff, well, I can do it as well. I'm not someone who sits in the front office who doesn't go in the trenches. Because to me, the radio station was always about studio. The office is only how you make things safe for the DJs. Because this room is why radio lives. It's not the front office. It's listeners who connect to people who are in the studios. That's the fusion for me. So as a manager, I opened it up to get as many people in there as possible. Wow. Yeah. Now, as the, what, what kind of duties did you have as the station's first general manager at WHUS? Well, we had to manage a training program because people had to watch about FCC rules that were a lot more picky than they are now. Now there's very few rules at all. But back then you had to do transmitter readings, mm-hmm. a lot of legal stuff you had to do. So we had to teach students. They had to pass a quiz. They would have to go to the FCC in the early days and take the FCC exam. We had to raise money. We wanted to build new studios, and we wanted to grow the station. Your plate was full. It was very full because you took like an acorn. What I loved about the station that I took the job was because they had chosen to do community radio, not just college radio for students. They had planned that they wanted to uh, go 24 hours full time. They had a wonderful signal for a college radio. WHUS has a good signal. 91.7 is a great signal. It's a good yeah. signal, which is critical. And the last thing is that they had a wonderful music library. 
So for you know generations before I came there, people were already committed to music, to saving it, so the music was there for them. Those were the ingredients. We're talking to John Murphy here. You know this yeah. voice. You've seen this face uh, on the home front. Of course, uh, Wednesdays on WILI. Right. Uh, so when you were you were just graduating, go back to Syracuse. You're you're about yeah. to graduate, and you're looking for jobs in radio. In the HUS, were, were you applying elsewhere? Or did HUS just jump out of you? I, I know you're from Yonkers, New York, but Stores, Connecticut, just uh, it was a general manager's job, and is that what attracted you most, or were you looking? Do you have other jobs in the wings? Well, okay, in between, uh, let's say I was at Syracuse from 1970 to 74. I didn't finish there. I went to work in Syracuse. They had a they had a radio, TV, cable company, WEZG, WSOQ, and Upstate Cable. I had a chance to work there in the industry for a while. I worked as an engineer in New Jersey at All Platinum Studios. Oh, wow. The house band in that place, it was an R&B jazz studio. The house band became the Furious Five. So you had Doug Winbish. You had Skip McDonald, some of those early rappers in this R&B studio in New Jersey. And when I was working there, I was looking for radio work, driving cabs in New York, and I saw the ad for WHUS. Wow. How about that? Well, there it is. And when you, so you're in stores, Connecticut, you would just end up falling in love with it? And because you've been in this community ever since, pretty much, right? I did fall in love. It was the land, the community. I was still close enough to New York. Close enough to Boston, mm-hmm. close enough to the ocean, because I wanted to go. But I love the land out here and the quiet and the energy. If you stay in a community and you don't keep moving around, you'll feel what it's like to walk down Main Street. Because if you move around the country, you'll never get that feeling because you don't stay long enough. And if you stay long enough, there's something in the air that keeps some people around. It's a great way to put I'm it. I'm infected. It's a great way to put it. I'm were, there, were there any times over the past, uh, I don't know, 30, plus years that you said, eh, let's see what else is outside Connecticut. Or you just, uh, did you, you must at some point said, you know, uh, I mean, let's face it. I, I was, I, I liked, I jumped around on the radio. I'm done moving though. But yeah, you get, uh, everyone's different, but was there a yeah. time where you said, man, eh, let's see what else is out there. Yeah, I did that for a while. Uh, the station was going through a transition when it was at the point of making a big change to get a power increase and do a lot of uh, internal development. So I applied to be general manager at WBAI in New York City. I was one of three finalists. Oh. Came close to that. I applied to be head of the Pacifica Radio Foundation, and I came close to be one of four finalists. So I was looking around for larger challenges. But what was happening since 1984, I fell in love with teaching at Eastern. They have a media program there. So I've been teaching uh, media for 40 years, part-time adjunct, working in the field adjunct. So between the, you know, helping a radio station grow from an acorn to what it was and teaching was a tough combination to move easily somewhere else. And I'm glad you just brought that yeah. up because yeah. when did the HUS thing end and tell us about how it transitioned into what you're doing now? The HUS, my term of service at HUS ended 2011. Okay. And at that point, I finished uh, my master's program. I was halfway through a master's, and I finished that program off, and I was looking for work. I got involved as a director of Wyndham Arts for a while, and I set up a consulting business of my own called Human Arts Media, and it was meant to advise small nonprofits and community groups on how they can use media. So I did projects of that, and I continued to teach after I finished up at HUS. And I also uh, found that I got involved with WECS. I have a weekly show up there, which is similar to this show, but it has three hours and there's more music. So I've still kept myself very much in the medium because it's my art form. It's not just for the money. 
And all my work since WHUS has been volunteer. All my radio work since I left HUS is all volunteer. It's kind of a community service. And I hope people watching us will think that you can do volunteer work. Everybody has skills. Everybody can do something. And you know all about that with the work you do with the Knights or the other groups. If you have skills, find a way to use them on the side. And that's how you give back. That's what I'm trying to do. All right, Matt, uh, you could could go do a show up at ECS. There you go. J. Matt Rupar. Yep. So, John Murphy's with us. Our guest uh, here on Hometown Threads, episode 35, brought to you by Liberty Bank, B Community Con, 14 WILI, 95. 5.3 5.3 FM and Willimantic Today Facebook. Um, so a long, give it a little plug. Well, that show is Wednesdays on 90.1. Okay, Go ahead, sure. plug that away. And you're, plug talking away. Up, you're talking up music, too. You're not only doing a talk show. Yeah. You said you're incorporating music. And are you, like, uh, talking up songs as well? Oh, yeah. It's called oh. the Pan American Express. Uh, we kind of do Americana, reggae, roots, Latin music, local guests. It's on the web at WECSFM.com live streaming audio. It's, uh, uh, we do phone interviews, lots of talk shows. The nice thing here is this program is repeated on WECS because it's all about the guests. So if I have a guest in here and we have a good conversation, they can take it and use it on YouTube for their needs. That's right. And I also get it out on ECS because ECS is very locally oriented. They're doing a lot of community stuff. So it's a way to get the guests out more. So I'm doing that every week too. All the, all the things you've done throughout the years, general manager, yeah. talk shows, uh, music shows. Just what has been your favorite uh, writing columns? Yeah. What has been your favorite thing to do over the years in media, John Murphy? In media, I think the favorite thing for me was once I made my connection to it as a young kid. I never lost that feeling. I kept it with me, and for me, my highest time is when I see that on someone's face after they do a show. And I've helped them get over their fear of the microphone because people are nervous about oh, these yeah. damn things. Yep. You put a camera in someone's face, it's wicked for them to feel natural. But if I can do that and let someone get a story out that's important to them, that they can overcome that wall, that makes my day. Yeah, that's a great point. And there is no there is no greater feeling. And, and Matt Rupar, our producer, could back this. He probably sees it a lot. Where you see nervous people come in here. Yeah. Oh, a microphone, a camera. And at the same time, you're absolutely right, John. When the mics and camera go off and the show's over and they have this big exhale, they go, wow, that wasn't too bad. Yep. Ah, that was great. And can I get a copy of that? And, and they, they yeah. go home feeling like a hundred yeah. uh, thousand bucks or a million bucks, whatever the expression is. That's right. And you're absolutely right. So, um, Back to HUS for a second. Yeah. All the years you spent there, and all the programs you help, uh, you know, put together on the air, and, and of course, uh, we you just mentioned you you teach as well, and you yeah. taught probably these students that came through, or even the community members that came through the door at WHUS. Betcha. Oh yeah. What sticks out in your mind as one show over the years at HUS, or maybe even some, some time at ECS? Do you say, wow, that's a pretty good show? Besides your own, of course. Um, is there one like that sticks out like it was just so memorable? Because it just made an impact on the community, maybe? Well, I would say that at the time, WHUS Sports was always a major standout. John Tewitt. They were supporting the women with games live when there were only a few hundred people in the audience before it became a cash cow. Mm -hmm. They were early supporters. But for music, I would say the WHUS jazz programs, because WHUS did blocks every day at a certain time, four hours of jazz, four hours of rock. So I would say their jazz programming was really outstanding. 
Their rock programming was very edgy because they were in an area of music that the music industry really wasn't touching much. It hadn't been proven commercially viable yet. They hadn't seen the money, but the music was real, and I love the energy of that library that all those students kept that music out there. And the thing I think that's gone now that's sad is One World Radio, that some of you may know about that block. This was in the 90s for maybe 15 years. International music from around the world when the industry was really embracing Peter Gabriel and all these international musicians were doing all these great records. They were getting no airplay anywhere, no commercial potential. But the records were awesome. And we had a volunteer of uh, like a crew of volunteers that dedicated themselves. Uh, like Richard Segan was one of the folks. There were many people that got that library going. And we had that show every day for many years. So those were very special things for me to help. Now, yeah. uh, we have a few minutes here left with John Murphy. I can go yeah. on and on and on. I know, time we, we, flies. we had a uh, coffee session last week. And like, yeah. Both of us said, oh, my goodness, look what time it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So as general manager of WHUS, uh, one last question with this, and then we'll kind of get ready to wrap things up. Yeah. Did you, uh, all the community members that knocked on your door, hey, I'd like to do a bluegrass show. I'd like to do a rock show. Oh, yeah. Did you have to kind of... Uh, how did you separate? Well, we can't have back-to-back rock shows. Did you have to? How did you uh, oh. hand out the time slots? I guess. How did that go on? That's a combination of science, luck, and voodoo, <laughs> uh, because you know these are volunteers, so you have to see when people are available. But then you say the audience, if they're a jazz fan or uh, a punk rock fan, they need to know when to get what they like. So serving the audience is kind of a. a kind of a priority to balance out individual interests. So we have people apply for shows, and when you apply, you have to give many choices. So as long as we give you one of the choices you give us, almost everything fits. It's pretty amazing. If people give us enough flexibility to do that. Because in college radio, and this is one thing that turned me on as I was running yeah. the board as a high school student for Wayne, and yeah. once in a while I'd crack the mic, getting up to WECS uh, was a thrill for me, because college radio, uh, you could do well. I don't want to say do whatever you want. Obviously, you yeah. know what I mean. You can yeah. play whatever you want. Very and open. And it's not like commercial radio where you, it's a little more uh, structured and for and you got to you know there's a format you have to follow. That's right. That's but, right. Uh, so it's a little more uh, uh, what's the word freedom? I guess you could say. Yeah. So um, it definitely is. And as, as John mentioned earlier in the show, they're always looking for more community members, ECS or yep. HUS, and um, yeah. it's just uh, it's, it's just great to see the community get involved and, and do stuff like that. And, yeah. Uh, you know, it's fair too. For the last three years with COVID, hurt. College radio because students weren't allowed in the studios. So things really shut down pretty hard. But they're bouncing back now, and the energy is returning. And I think if you open the door and give it time, it'll grow again. And it's 24-7. Yeah. It's phenomenal. Yeah. I remember waking right. up at 2 yeah. in the morning. Who's on now? And, I, oh, yeah. and this yeah. is back right. when my now 17, 18 years old. Yeah. Uh, a couple minutes left, and I yeah. wanna, we have a mutual friend. We have many mutual friends. But yeah. one guy I want to shout out to, I think we've already talked about him once, is Walt G., Walt Canesolo, yes. who I grew up with. And quick story, Walter and I grew up as childhood friends on Adam Tights in wow, Lebanon. Mr. G. And now um, he's at the University of Wisconsin, still yeah. doing radio at yeah. the University of Wisconsin in Madison. But he must have come knocking on your door at HUS, right? He did. He was a great programmer at WHUS. Programmer. Very dedicated. Uh, did his shows. And actually, we're still in touch through Facebook. And he always sends his posts for his weekly he shows. He just texted me this morning. With his incredible faces that he does. Yes, he you know? It's he phenomenal. does some pretty <laughs> twisted faces. Yeah. But he's really into community radio 
information oh, yeah. programming, and he started, I think, at HUS. He did, yeah. and I uh, I was yeah. out of town in another market at that point, but I remember seeing, oh, good, Walt's on HUS, and I put yeah. two, I figured he's probably working under John, and that's yeah. great. Yeah, he just texted me this morning, Walt G. Walt Thumbs up. And, uh, okay, as I always, uh, uh, one minute to go here, I like to, uh, I always welcome, open the door to my guests. Any closing thoughts uh, as we wrap up episode 35, John Murphy? Yes, I would say if you can, subscribe to your local newspapers. Help to keep them alive. We need local information. We need local media. The national media never talks about Willimannic unless it's something unusual or horrific. Well, the boombox parade. That's wonderful. <laughs> Heroin Town is yeah. another side. Oh, yeah. And the town is still recovering from that PR nightmare. But I would say support your local media. Listen to local radio. You can get all the music you want now, but you can't get somebody talking about today's weather, what's happening in your town, what's going on. So stay human. Get away from the Android universe of music to the 10th degree. That's fun. But... Just travel in your driveway when you get home. Check out local radio. People are trying hard to connect you to your community, and it has to go two ways. This also makes people good citizens. It makes them voters. It helps local businesses, and it keeps money local as well. You ever think about running for office? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right, you mentioned local radio, especially uh, not yeah. only tune in, but tune in Wednesdays at 5.05 for On the oh, Home thank Front. You. Thank you. With this man, John Murphy. Thank Pleasure you. to be here. A pleasure. Thank Episode you. 35 of Hometown Threads brought to you by Liberty Bank. Be community kind. Thank you to J. Matt Rupar as well. As always. And <laughs> he'll see you tomorrow on Wednesdays or uh, yeah. On the Home Front. Yeah. All right, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And in the words of the great Roddy McCumber. Bye for now, folks. Bye for now. <laughs>